Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. What we're in today is probably the equivalent of you having that talk, that talk with your kids. When you have to sit down with them and go, okay, let me explain some things. I remember a father who his son said, hey, dad, where did I come from? And so the dad thought, well, that's my sign that I need to tell him. I need to have the the sex talk. After 30 minutes of analogies and trying to tell it, he says, son, does that help? And he looked at his dad and he goes, well, my friend said he came from Minnesota. Um, You're not always ready to hear the talk, but we desperately need to hear it. So can I just tell you, for anyone in the room, anyone on this stream, if you've made the mistakes in your life, you're in the right place. Because I promise you, every one of us will be convicted by this passage. Every one of us deal with the issues Paul is talking about. So what I would say to you is, hang on. Give, Give it a chance to hear what God has to say. And then never forget this. His grace is greater than your sin. No matter what you've done, I don't, it doesn't matter. All that past and all those things, this is a new day and God has something for you today. And you know, unfortunately, the church has not talked about these things, so we let the world talk about it. And we all know where that leads. This morning, I don't know how many of you even know the name, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the name. I had the privilege of meeting the guy. He he was we stood right he stood right over there. <laughs> Any of you remember Alice Cooper? The rock and roll? Let me see your hand. Let me see how many old rock and roll. Yeah. Well, he was here today. And uh, I begged him to stay and play schools out for summer. I thought it'd be very appropriate. It's it's this is the time, you know. He told me. In fact, I was already up in my office, and, and he sent one of our tech guys to come get me. He said he wanted to talk, he talked to me. He looked me in the eye, and he said, thank you for talking about what a lot of people don't want to talk about. He says that being involved in the, in the, in the rock and roll culture, it was sex, dr- uh, drugs, and rock and roll. And he said it was constant. But he said nobody, nobody talked about it, and nobody gave hope, and Nobody went to the Word of God. And he said, I'm in, in a ministry now. He's saved, man. He's a follower of Christ now. And he said, I'm in a ministry. We're helping kids, and we're helping to try to influence them in making good decisions. So when I heard him say it, I just thought, you know, God, thank you. In my wildest dreams, I never thought I would be talking about sex to a church, and Alice Cooper was sitting there. <laughs> I mean, that's one of those dreams you wake up with and go, man, that's a crazy dream. But it's true, and it happened, and he's right. I want you to hear it in that way. I want you to say, God, speak to me. Help me understand what you want in my life. What's the best? Because see, God wants you to flourish. He created you. and He's got the most incredible life for you. And he wants you to be the best version of you you can be. 
But it starts by listening to him. So may God give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say today. And even though we might be convicted, remember his grace is greater than any sin that we have ever committed or ever will commit. There's hope. So in the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, he's writing this to a church in a place called Corinth that was really, really messed up. When I say messed up, it just had culture that was very different than, than what Paul and what the church should be living. There was a temple right behind the church to Aphrodite. That's the goddess of sex. And there were at least, according to historians, a thousand prostitutes that would come down that mountain into the city and they would be walking around and they would be making available their services, which I don't need to elaborate on. And that was a way that you could actually worship. They, They thought it was a form of worship. So there was a saying there, all things are lawful. A saying in the church, all things are lawful. And what Paul starts with, you're going to see it in the first couple of verses. He's going to start with that saying. And then he says, but not all things are helpful. Yeah, all things are lawful, but don't be dominated by anyone. There are three reasons There's some things not helpful and some things you should never let control you. The three reasons, number one, the lordship of Jesus. Number two, the oneness with Jesus that you have. And number three, the ownership. So if you can remember those three words in three phases. Now, if you've got your Bible, turn there. While you're turning there, let me give you you just a, a glimpse. I know you know some of these things. Our culture, though it may not be as advanced and as immoral as Corinth, (laughs) we're on the way. So this is the most recent stuff that I could find. The average number of sex partners in our culture in America, you want to know? 10.7 sex partners. Inside the church, 80% of evangelical Christians have had sex outside of marriage, either before marriage or adultery after they married. 80% in the church. 70% of college students have had two sexual partners in the last 12 months. Two of them. 60% of all marriages will have sex outside their marriage. 60%. And the numbers inside the church, <clears throat> they're, not, they're not that much better. More, <laughs> this is the one that takes me a little while to get my mind around. There is more traffic online in one month to porn sites than to Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. Now think about Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter Mammoth companies online, and yet more activity on the porn sites in one month. 50% of all 11-year-olds through 18-year-olds today are active in oral sex. So it's happening. It's around us. And so Paul is saying, and the Lord is saying, oh, there's so much more for you. And there's some things I want you to remember So you don't give yourself to that. 
and end up hurting yourself. Now, I'm going to tell you something today, <clears throat> the middle service, just right in the middle of it, started, started uh, losing my voice. And I can feel it, so I promise you this is coffee, only coffee. And I'm going to be sipping on it. I don't normally do that. I don't recommend that. Um, but I, I will have to do that from time to time. So if you'll uh, excuse me, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Now, in your version, do you see quotation marks around all things are lawful for me? You see that? <clears throat> well, that's not a quote of Paul, or else the whole book would be in quotation marks, because he's writing it. So who's he quoting? He's quoting them in Corinth. That was a saying in Corinth. Oh, all things are lawful. I can do anything. And let me, let me explain what that looks like in our day. Well, I can do anything, even if it is a sin. God will forgive me. I mean, I'll, I'll go out this weekend, and I'll have a great time, and I'll go ahead and do anything, whatever I want. But then I'll confess, and everything will be good. Is that helpful? Is that really what, the way you want to live your life? So that's what Paul is saying. Next, next verse. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body's not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord <clears throat> and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ, make them a member of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? Or as it is written, the two will become one flesh, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. And so three things that I shared with you. Here's the first one. The Lordship of Jesus. When you say Jesus is Lord, that is the confession of faith that makes us a believer. When you confess Jesus is Lord, you'll hear a lot from the baptistry. What you're saying is that Jesus has all of me. He's got all of me. It's not saying Jesus has most of me. In my journey, we start off with Jesus, you've, you've got all of me. I mean, everything I have is yours. But then we begin to develop places in our life where he doesn't control that. We do. Paul uses food. Does food control you? Is food what drives you? So what is it that's controlling you? 
I've just noticed that the last kingdom to fall in our life is usually the sexual part of our life. That's the part we want to keep private. We want to keep that to ourselves. And what he's saying is, you can't do that. Jesus is Lord. Let me show you how he uses the word Lord. That's not his normal word when he's writing this, but he actually gets into it and says the body's not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And then he comes and says, and the Lord for the body, and God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. That's a deliberate, intentional move of Paul to use the word Lord to try to say to them, Jesus is Lord, not your body, not your desire. So the issue is really who's controlling what you do. The word Paul most often used for that desire is the word pathos. It means passion. And, and so let me, let me just say this. All of us have desires. Okay? All of us have desires. It is actually a part of the way we're made. We're created by God. We're created in His image. And we are made to be sexual beings. So the desire is not the problem. The problem is, what do you do with it? How do you handle that desire? And, and I think what we talked about the first week we entered this um, series, the three words, let me put them back up because I think they help a lot. So let's say you're at an office. And I'll just use a guy's perspective because I know it a lot better. You're at the office and you see this girl. She's beautiful. And you think about, man, she is really a pretty girl. Then she comes over, she starts talking to you. She, she thinks you're the most wonderful guy she's ever met. She's there to help you. Hey, do you need anything today? And she just makes you feel great. And so you start thinking, maybe, maybe I married the wrong person. Maybe she's my soulmate. Now, the story I'm telling you is not made up. It's happened several times. Maybe she's your soulmate Maybe I need to leave my wife. I, I need to be with her. So then you've got a decision to make. What are you going to do? Let's run it through this. If you start here, what's your heart telling you? Oh, your heart's telling you to go for her. Your heart's telling because your wife, when you get home, she's been with the kids all day, and she doesn't look anything like what the, the woman you've been working with, right? So internal will tell you in a minute, follow that one. External, what would your friends, what do people in the office say? Oh, it's absolutely fine. Go ahead. Even if you don't want to marry her, man, you can still go to bed with her because that's the way this office is. But what if you backed up and said, hey, God, man, I, I'm just recognized she's a really pretty lady and I'm just not sure that my feelings are leading me in the right way. God, what do you think? You know how that's going to play out. You know how every one of these are going to play out. What Paul is saying to them is, don't be dominated by your, what you feel. Because your feelings can lead you way off. Don't be nom dominated by the external, what your friends are saying. Jesus is Lord. That means, Jesus, what do you say? Because I know that's the most important thing, and I want to do that. You see, the desire in you is not the issue. 
It's like having a, having a fireplace and having a fire. I mean, how cool is it? It's, it's romantic. It's beautiful. I mean, it just makes for a great atmosphere. Three nights a year, we get to do that here in Florida. So, I mean, it's, it's really special, right? Well, guess what? The fire that can burn your house down is the same fire. What's the difference? One is managed, controlled in a fireplace. One is out of control. So the desire that God put in you and the sexual part of you, if it's managed by Jesus' lordship, you're going to be okay. If it's managed by you or your friends, we got a problem. So that's what he's saying to him. He's saying, look, you have to trust Jesus. We are broken people. And even though we were created sexual, we're broken in that sexualness. And that means sometimes we think twisted ways and we think ways that are not helpful at all because that's a part of the fall. And that's why these crazy things, that's why pornography becomes so big. Did you know I've never counseled somebody dealing with pornography? And by the way, it used to be all guys. Not anymore. The numbers of women who are addicted to porn skyrocketing. But the one constant thing, I've noticed it in every person I've ever talked to, they have a broken place in their life. There's something that happened to them. Maybe they were young. Maybe they, you know, it was a relationship that really got messed up. But it's like they're trying to fill that broken place. Guys, we are all broken. I remember talking to a lady who, she was married to a great guy. And she said, but David, there was a time in my life I was so confused. She said, I thought I'd try women. She said, I became bisexual because I thought, man, maybe that's going to fix me. She said, so for a while, I just was with women. And that didn't work. And then she said, but then I found Christ. And it's almost like he just simply took those broken desires away and he put the right or the desire that he made me with and he put it under his lordship and I found my husband and I am doing great. So what I'm saying is your desire will be affected by the brokenness of this world. And I think it relates to homosexuality. I think it re relates to transgenderism. I think it relates to all the issues that are so in front of us today. And what Paul is trying to say to them is, hey, just know that Jesus can help you with that. You're going to have the desire, but surrender it to his lordship. Did you know Paul struggled with this? I mean, it, I've heard people say, well, if you have that temptation, if you have a same-sex attraction, or if you have a temptation to, to, to be involved every time you're on a date, then you're a sinner. I mean, that's who you are, and, and there's something really messed up. No, 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 no. Everybody is tempted. Paul said in Romans 7, I'll, I'll have a war inside of me. There's part of me that wants to do the right thing, and I don't, and there's a part of me that says, I don't want to do that, but I do. Who's going to save me from this wretched body? And then he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. So those struggles you have, you're not committing sin when you are tempted. You're committing sin when you act on it. 
when you get the fire out of the fireplace, when you take control, that's where the sin happens. Even Jesus was tempted at every point, just like us, according to Hebrews. And yet he didn't sin. But he understands us because he was tempted. In fact, James, the half-brother of Jesus, each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And then when it's fully grown, it brings forth death. So basically, James says, the sin is born when you give in to the temptation. So I want to encourage you. You're going to have a lot of desires. You're going to have a lot of temptations all the way through. I used to think there'll be a day when you don't. I remember one day after marrying Rachel, it wasn't long after we married, her dad wanted to have the whole family on a vacation, so we went to, to Destin, Florida. And I remember being out in the Gulf with her dad. He was probably in his 70s then, <clears throat> early 70s. And we're out there and we're in the waves and just hanging out, and all of a sudden this girl walks by on the beach in a, in a bikini, very revealing bikini. And I looked for a moment, and then <laughs> I looked at him, and he's looking at me. I'm like, oh, that's not good. This is not going to be good. And this is what he said. So how do, you, how do you deal with the struggle of looking at that girl? And I said, well, I, you know, I'm, I almost felt like I'm trying to defend myself. I just try to surrender that to the Lord. I, I just think Jesus being Lord of my life helps me. He goes, you know what? That, that's what I have found, and that's what I do every time. And I said, wait a minute. You still struggle with that? He goes, absolutely. And I remember throwing my hands up going, God, I thought it would end someday. I had no idea. I get to be an old man, and I'm still fighting these battles inside. I hate to be discouraging, but yes, you will fight these battles. But you're not alone. Just don't give in to it. Say, Jesus, you got to help me with this. Let me tell you about an ad that ran in the Atlanta paper. Single black female seeks male companionship. Ethnicity is unimportant. I'm a very good-looking girl that loves to play. I love long walks in the woods, riding in your pickup truck, hunting, camping, fishing trips, cozy winter nights, lying by the fire. Candlelight dinners will have me eating out of your hand. I'll be at the front door when you get home from work wearing only what nature gave me. Call this number and ask for Daisy. What happened after that ad ran, over 15,000 men found themselves talking to the Atlanta Humane Society about an eight-week-old black Labrador puppy. <laughs> now, what's the lesson? Your desire is going to lead a place you never intended to go. But you can trust Jesus. And here's what Jesus has. He has a church around you. Do you know we have a men's ministry? In fact, Daryl Ruiz, Daryl, raise your hand over there. Daryl's leading a men's ministry. They meet. They have access to men's groups to help you. The guys in this room who are struggling or who want to stay committed and godly before the Lord— we have the same in women's ministry. Stacy Thacker. In fact, I think Stacy's in the room. Where is Stacy? Is she here today? She's not here. Okay. Well, she's usually here in this service. 
a great ministry for women. We have a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. It's one of the strongest ministries across the country that helps people who are, are dealing with all kind of hurts, all kind of hangups, all kind of addictions. And, and I've talked to them. I talked to them three, three days ago to Simon Hunt. They have a group that helps people as they're walking through the desires and the temptations that come their way. There's so many good things. So here's what I want you to do today. I want you to text the word Lord. If you would say, I, I need those resources. I, I need help. I want to make sure that I, I, I stay pure as much as I can. And I want to walk according to what God wants. Can you help me? Text the word Lord to 40777. Just Lord, L-O-R-D. And there will be a way for you to access and to have an opportunity to be in places where you're going to find help. So number one, the Lordship of Jesus is the answer for every struggle you will ever have. Second thing, oneness with Jesus. You realize as a Christian, you're one with him. In fact, Paul said it to them. The moment Jesus comes in your life, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit moves in. You're the temple. Your body's the temple. And now you are one with Jesus. And then so what Paul says is, why do you want to take members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? He moves to this saying, so why would you join Jesus to pornography? Why would you join Jesus to that affair? Why would you join him to a prostitute? I mean, it didn't make any walking around sense. And you're only one. And then he even, he even quotes, the two will become one flesh. That is the most quoted verse on marriage in the Bible. It's out of Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. When it says... The two will become one. Let me give you the whole verse. For this call shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Then the two shall become one. Do you know what the word cleave is? It's glue. It's glue. It's literally the word from which we get the word glue. So what he's trying to do is say this. So when you get glued to somebody, that's when you have given the most intimate, vulnerable part of your life. You've had sex with them. Now you've become one. You say, yeah, but it was a prostitute. Doesn't matter. You're one with her. You're one. And let me show you what happens when you join yourself to your wife. You're one with her. And then all of a sudden, you're going to be one with somebody else. You ever tried to tear apart? What God put together? You know why it's so difficult to walk through divorce or to walk through relationship after relationship after relationship? It's because this is what happens to your soul and to you. You can't tear yourself apart. You leave a part of you, and they leave a part of them. You say, even a prostitute. Yes. I had a businessman, one of my closest friends, not here another church and I remember riding around he owned a bunch of land and we were just driving and looking and he looked at me and he goes hey David is it wrong to have sex if you pay for it I said wait a minute are you talking about you're with a prostitute you pay her yeah well yes it's wrong he goes no 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 it can't be I'm faithful to my wife I said okay but he said then I pay for some 
to be with me. And I'm like, well, so how is that not being unfaithful? Because I'm paying for it. It's a business deal. I said, no. I'm telling you, he was convinced. He said, let me show you the picture of these girls. I said, no, I do not want to see the picture of those, of those girls. The point is, is that there's something about sex that brings us together and makes us one. And the beauty of that in the lordship of Jesus is that you're one with Jesus. And now in a marriage, a covenant of marriage, you are one together with Jesus. And it's a blessed marriage. Outside of that, it's a wreck. It looks like that. So Paul is saying, hey, Holy Spirit lives in you. He's right there. And then he adds something that's very intriguing. He says, every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So he separates sin in the sexual arena from all other sin. He said it actually is a sin against your body. What's he talking about? Can I just be real honest? <clears throat> I don't know. You read a lot of commentaries and there's a lot of different ideas. I'm going to tell you what I think he meant. Sexual sin leaves a scar on the deepest, most vulnerable part of you. It's like this. It's painful. And that's not to mention what happens to your body when you give yourself to many. They're called STIs, sexually transmitted infections. Do you know how many people in the world added their name to the list of people carrying an STI last year? Just last year. Over 370 million people. There are those who believe, not Christian organizations, we're talking about like public health organizations, who believe one out of five Americans are carrying an STI because of the lifestyle. And I know we sit here, and oh, by the way, don't count five people around you, please, and try to guess who the one is. That, that's not what this statistic is trying to do. But you know what happens to great people? A husband and wife came to me and they said, Pastor, we just need your prayer. And I said, what's going on? And the husband looked at me and said, I have, a, I have an STI or STD. And my wife has it now. And she's expecting. And we don't know what's going to happen. Well, my first thought is, man, why didn't you stay faithful? And then he said this. When he was in college, he had multiple partners before he ever came to Christ. And he said, now I'm feeling that and the consequences of that lifestyle. So maybe that's what God was talking about, is that there are things that happen to us. And we know that sexually transmitted infections are one. I think when you have those relationships that are outside of what God honors, somehow it messes up the next relationship. And we know that. The science can tell us that. Pornography. There's something that happens to your brain, and you actually go into a place where it's difficult for you to have a meaningful, deep relationship. There's all kinds of evidence. So maybe God knew what he was doing when he told us this. 
And he said, remember, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when you are in control, put the three words back up here. When you are in control, that's idolatry. When you're listening to this or this over him, the temple is a rightful place for God. But when you start inviting into the temple what your friends believe or what you are feeling, it's literally like idolatry. And God will always fight against idolatry. You know why? Because he knows it hurts you. It lessens you. It helps to destroy you. So Paul said, hey, you're one with Jesus. And then the last thing he said was, you are owned by Jesus. The ownership of Jesus. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price. What was the price? Somebody tell me. Just say it out. Jesus. His death on the cross. We were bought with a price. He bought us. And so that means that we are in ownership. He is the owner. So let me just pretend with you a moment. If I knew what you drove and I went out to the parking lot. Just take Danny. I went out to the parking lot, and I found his Lamborghini. It's pretty easy to find. Is it a Lamborghini or is it a Ford? A oh, Ford, okay. And I keyed it. I just took my keys, and I just keyed it. You think Danny would have a little problem with that? Well, sure he would, because it's not mine. How do you think God feels when you allow relationships to key your soul and leave scars and leave marks you heard about the deal that's happening everywhere people are having their house sold and they never knew it a guy in Charlotte when he bought the house his $300,000 home he paid it off one day a guy shows up and said hey um, I bought your house he said no you didn't he said yes I did bought it for $9,000 It's basically called title fraud. And you know what you would do if somebody showed up and said, hey, no. How do you think God feels? Property that he bought with the blood of his son. And we're just letting anyone and everyone come into that temple and take that body. So that's why Paul ends by saying, therefore glorify God in your body. It belongs to him. Give him honor through the way you live your life. And he said, flee from immorality. Basically, that's the conclusion of what Paul is wanting to say. Just run from it. I grew up in a generation, they told us to be safe. We talk more about condoms. We talk more about safe sex than we did run away. I've had moments, I'll never forget these moments. Young pastor, newly married, went to this house and this lady came to the door. They had visited the church. This lady comes to the door. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. Did I wake you up? She looked like she had a robe on. And she said, no, no, it's okay. It's all good. She said, I want to talk to you. Come on, let's go out here. And so we start walking over to her barn. She had horses. We were in Texas. And she walked into a ta- the tack room. You know a tack room where saddles and feed and all that stuff is? No lights were on in there. So I'm standing there looking. I'm in my 20s, you know, and I'm standing there looking like, oh, I don't know about this. And then I got in close enough to see, and she, I'm not going to strike a pose, but she was sitting on a saddle 
in a very inappropriate way. She had nothing under the nightgown. She said, come on in. I want to talk to you. Inside of me, alarms were going off. Rockets were firing off the launch pad. I had everything going on, and I just looked at her and said, uh, 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 I got to go. See you. The reason I tell you that is I'm so thankful that I ran. And I'm thankful that God gives us this instinct, the Holy Spirit just sending the alarms off so we go, no, no, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm running. When Jesus is Lord, you'll run a lot faster because you know that's not his plan for your life. So I want us to do something today. I, I, I just, I want you to say, Jesus, I want, I want your lordship. I want you to be Lord in my life. So some of you have already made that decision. You've given your life to Christ and you would say, Jesus is Lord. Is he Lord today of everything? Especially this area? If he isn't, he's not Lord. So today, Jesus you can have it all. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus. You've never taken that step. For us, we think the most important step is when you say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. I'm turning from sin, turning from me, and you are the one who will be the boss. You are the, you are the one who will be in control of my life. And you know what? The Bible says you can do that. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. I want us to close with a, with a prayer time for that. Can I tell you that Again, text the word LORD to 40777. There's all kinds of ways that we can help and minister because we need each other. And can I remind you what I said in the beginning? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me. We are in this together. And we've got to stay strong and glorify God with everything we are. So bow with me. Let's bow together. I don't know the words you want to use. I, I'm not going to even put words in your mouth, but I want you to say, Jesus, I need you. And I want you to take control of all my life. You are the Lord. Just tell him that in your own words. Jesus, thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you for your word. Thank you that even though it's awkward, God, we need to hear this. We need to know this. Because we want to be at our best. Not only are you worthy of it and deserve it, Lord, we want to flourish. We want to enjoy the life and the relationships that you bring to us. So today, Jesus, you are Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say, amen. I want to thank you for being here. And I want to thank you for listening. Now, there may be steps after this, but remember women's ministry, men's, men's ministry, celebrate recovery, so many things. We're here to help you, and we're here together to glorify God with everything that we are. God bless you. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Thank you for being here. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. 
Have a great week.